0: underdogs week one pick'ems are live as we have learned you correlate your plays with game stacking hit that pick'em button on the underdog app and use promo code underworld to get a 100 dollars instant deposit match put in 100 get 100 more and get pickin for week one This is the decision point with Anand and Dury. Anand, we're breaking down all these divisions. Now it's time for the NFC South. Uh, spoiler alert the Buccaneers are going to win. <laughs> the Buccaneers should be the favorite. Yeah. I disagree on who the second favorite is. We'll get to that in a minute. Let's start with the worst team in the division. Consensus pick to finish last the Atlanta Falcons. They have uh, accidentally started rebuilding. <laughs> when you're too late They're rebuilding without a purpose And it's going to be a very long Arduous process A lot of pain And I feel bad for Atlanta fans When you look at this team When you look at how it's been managed When you look at how the player personnel has come together What are you thinking?
1: So if you just take the offense right? I, first of all, how the hell did this team win seven games last year? That's beyond me Did they? Uh, yeah, they won seven games last year Wow Uh, I I have no idea how but Matt Ryan is an Indianapolis Colt which means Marcus Mariota is a Falcon and uh, no Calvin Ridley no Calvin Ridley and our boy Desmond Ritter is now also an Atlanta Falcon Um, this team is very strange and it's because they have dynamic weapons but not a lot else like we don't we don't know what Mariota is anymore. We'll find out this year. Dynamic weapon. I don't know. I think London could be a dynamic weapon.
0: Dynamic weapon. Kyle Pitts is dynamic. We're not sure what Drake London is yet.
1: That's fair. That's
0: fair. Drake London is is not fast. He is a below average speed for a wide receiver. So I need to see what he can do. I have faith. He was dominant at an early age with stiff target competition at USC. So for that reason, that reason, first and foremost, I am very confident that he is going to be good. We have him as our top wide receiver on our Dynasty rankings, playerprofiler.com, get Dynasty Deluxe, and you can see exactly where we have Drake London ranked. Now we have him below some veteran receivers that some disagree with, having him below Elijah Moore and uh, Rashad Bateman, uh, and, but you just have to eat that. You have to eat yep. that. We don't know what these guys are. There's a lot of uncertainty with the wide receivers. Our top wide receivers, we talked about this with J.J. Zacharyson, London, Olave, Pickens, they're the best receivers from this class, and that's who you want in Dynasty. So they have this one guy, Kyle Pitts, and Kyle Pitts is going third, fourth round in seasonal leagues. He's a tight end on one of the worst teams in the league. I have a very hard time swallowing that.
1: Yeah, I, look, like he's going to get a massive... Massive target share. But what is that worth yeah. when your quarterback is Marcus Mariota? Where on the field are these targets? Right. The 40-yard line? Like, the, the the concern that I have with Atlanta as a whole is the O-line is not good. Right? And Kyle Pitts. <sighs> this whole thing. Yeah. It, it's not. It's, it's this, this whole team. It,
0: it's just, I don't even want to talk about it. It's so gross. And it is a result of a team
1: without a plan. And, like, look, like, the weird part is, like, there are position groups that you can talk yourself into being like, oh, that they could be good. Like, A.J. Terrell, Casey Hayward as your cornerback duo. But, like, yes. the rest of this defense is what are we doing here? You know, like, Lorenzo Carter, Michael Walker, Rashawn Evans. Like, your safeties are Jalen Hawkins and Richie Grant. Like, it's – this is absolutely a work in progress that should have been a work in progress two years ago. And, like, the issue when you do this, like, when you hold on to your quarterback a little bit too long because you're like, oh, but the glory days, right?
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Or the owner intervenes. Right. Like, you probably could have gotten a first for Matt Ryan two years ago. You got two-thirds, which, like, it, it, or what was it, one-third, two-thirds? I can't remember. Whatever it was, it was fine. It, it's not. It's not the end of the world.
0: It's not what they could have gotten.
1: It's not what they could have gotten, and you started your rebuild late. Like, when they initially passed— on quarterback not last draft but the draft before in 2021 you missed your opportunity you missed your window to start rebuilding with something right like now you've got to use marcus mariota to figure out what all of your young pieces are that's not good like you don't want to do that if you had a young quarterback growing with these you know with the weapons that you now have you can find out like, okay do we have anything at quarterback do we have anything at, you know is is Brian Edwards? Could he have a career resurrection here? Can we, you know, what what are wide receiver three, four, five on the depth chart? How bad do we need O line help? And the answer is very badly. Like the O line is not good, and I think a big part of the reason they took Mariota and chose Ritter is they're mobile and at least give them some chance. But throwing to who? Like unless London is what we think he can be in year two and three early on, or Kyle Pitts turns into a mega star immediately, like even then this team is just going to be bad. Like I I so badly want Atlanta to be good, but I just don't see it. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing here where I'm like, okay, like this team could rip off a few wins that we don't see coming for the most part. They're just going to be a bad team. That's bad. <laughs> like, like they're not even an exciting bad team. Like, they're not, there's no fun element. Like there's no like, oh, this guy could take a big jump. Like you know, it, it, Kyle Pitts is a curiosity. Kyle Pitts is a curiosity
0: and AJ Terrell. How far can he take the tight end position offensively at age 22? How far can he get on
1: his path to the hall of fame? <laughs> right. That That's, that's the only curiosity. Yeah. And I mean, like, look, this schedule has some weak, some weak spots where like they may steal a win or two but like i i just don't see where what there is to get excited about in atlanta other than hey we're probably gonna have a pretty bad draft pick like a pretty good draft pick for being awful this year let's see what we can get next year right like that to me is where atlanta's looking like this year is not about this year at all it's about figuring out what you have in london it's about making sure that you know Terrell can back up what was a remarkable campaign last year with another really good one. It's about identifying pieces that you definitely want to keep. That's really all we're doing in Atlanta this year. Other than that, there is absolutely no reason to watch this year's Atlanta Falcons team.
0: This show makes me truly appreciate our draft kit in that we have the Vegas wins over under for the regular season. Five and a half. I'm going under. I'm going under five and a half. I don't see how they can win. I I don't know how they
1: can win five much less six. Like, Just so you know, like five and a half is a very, very low win total. And to go, like, to, to have any kind of confidence going under five and a half tells you just how bad this team is going to be. You no, know, if it was five, I, I'd stay away from it.
0: Yeah. But if it's five and a half and I'm thinking this team's <laughs> going to be lucky to get five wins that I'm, I'm going to go under. Sometimes you go under a low line because you know that the team is that bad and the bookmakers just can't go down past a particular threshold. You're like, you can't go down past the threshold? Fine, I'll take it. I'll take the under. I don't care. That's just a limitation in your in your book system. Fine, I'll, I'll exploit it. Our draft kit has the team projections, total plays, pass attempts, rush attempts, passing yards. Now, the rush yards, rush attempts, you're going to be bottom of the league in all these rushing categories, and the only reason why – their passing yards are going to be above averages because their pass attempts are going to be so high. But if they can't sustain drives, those pass attempt projections are super fragile. Okay, yes. and then we also have their schedule with the the strength of every opposing defense, plus the overall strength of schedule for pass and run, vacated targets, vacated carries, vacated air yards this year. All the players they've added in loss and lost in free agency, all their draft picks. I'm looking at the draft picks right now in the draft. I mean, we have everything in the draft kit. They did not draft an offensive lineman and this is this is what this is the easiest way to infuriate me. Right? If you want to make me just angry and dismissive of your franchise, wait until the 6th round to draft an offensive lineman when you have one of the worst offensive lines in the in the sport. Right? If you're the Bengals and you have a particular weakness at offensive line and you bend your the, the entire will of your franchise in free agency to fixing that, the guard position, then I'm gonna love you. Then I'm gonna yeah. clap, right? We, we've talked about this, whether it be Tristan Wirfs with Tampa building strength on strength, or Rashawn Slater, strength on strength with the Chargers, getting an offensive lineman in the teens, a, a top tier offensive lineman in the teens, that's that's the win of the wins, right? That's the yeah. that's the best possible pick in the NFL draft. Better than any quarterback pick, better than any you know, skill position pick. If you can get an elite Offensive tackle in the teens, that is the best pick. That is Werfs, that is Slater the last few years. And to take Justin Schaefer at the six eleven as your first offensive lineman is the opposite of doing that. So, to me, what they should have done is not draft Drake London. By the time this team is ready to start winning, Drake London's going to need an extension. And you've seen what these wide receiver extensions are looking like. These wide receivers are commanding huge money in free agency. What are you doing? Charles Cross went with the next pick. I remember we were in Vegas going, oh, they're going to get Charles Cross. They lucked out. He's still there. I was like, are they going to get Aquanu? They're going to get Neal? They're going to get Cross? One of those three guys is going to fall to them with the eighth pick because Sauce Gardner went at four and Stingley went at three. So I was like, oh, okay. Good for Atlanta. They'll be able to start rebuilding the right way. Then they go with a perimeter player
1: and it's just slap your forehead. Yeah. Like, look, that's drafting a wide receiver that high oh. is kind of is a luxury. Like, and they, they don't have the luxury of doing that.
0: They don't. You had to go Charles Cross. You had to go Charles Cross. What are you doing? I mean, look at their schedule. Oh, yeah. This it, is it, it's 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 a little bit scary to start the season. And by a little bit scary, I mean a lot scary. Yes, you you have Seattle, but the problem is some of these wins, like this is when you're going to be dabbling at the low end of the regular season win total props in Vegas, you need to circle the winnable games and see if those games are on the road or not. So my issue is they have a few winnable games here at Washington and at Seattle. They're road games if this Seattle game was at home, it'd be a different story. The problem is they start with the Saints at home, probably lose that game. Then they go on the road to the Rams and they're back on the road to Seattle. So it's two consecutive West Coast matchups. So Seattle is the second West Coast game after they lose to the Rams. So they start 0-2. They have to fly back West to face Seattle in one of the most difficult venues to play football. If you're a road visiting team, this is going to be maybe the the ugliest game on the entire schedule. Maybe the ugliest game all year. One of them.
1: Definitely one. I
0: mean, it's going to be one of the ugliest games that you'll see in football. And it just keeps getting worse and worse as you go down the board here. Then they face the Browns at home. Very winnable with Jacoby Brissett. But it's going to be a, a superior team coming to play, and they're going to be dogs in that game. Then they go at Tampa. Then it's the 49ers. Then they're at Cincinnati. (laughs) Then they have the Panthers. Then they're at the Chargers. So they don't really get a respite until Bears, Commanders, Steelers, but that's near the end of the year. That's in the second half. So this team's already going to be demoralized. They're already going to be shedding pieces. They may, they may have already traded Cordell Patterson by then. They should have let go of Cordell Patterson, traded him, and gotten something for him last year. So this is, the, this is the team, the prototypical team that you can you can learn from. If, you, if this was like general manager school, we would look at the, the non-moves, the lack of moves, the, the, the slowness to move Matt Ryan, the inability to move Cordell Patterson. As, here's what not to do. Mm-hmm. Here's what not to do. You've got AJ Terrell. You've got Kyle Pitts. And that's it. But here's the problem. Your two best players are perimeter players. They're not edge rushers. They're not left tackles. They're not quarterbacks. This is that is the core of the problem. It's great that you have AJ Terrell and he's a, he's a player you can build around. You can build around Pitts, and that's fine. You have a couple pieces to build around, but what are you doing? Like for example, they don't need Casey Hayward. By the time they're able to compete, Casey Hayward's going to be gone. So what are you doing? Casey Hayward only helps you win games. You, you, don't, you don't actually want that. You don't want an aging corner that's going to help you win games. That's the last thing you would want. So Casey Hayward should have been shipped out. And <sighs> Cordell Patterson, absolutely. I mean, th- those, are, those are two great examples of players that are either in their 30s or approaching their 30s where they're not going to help you when your window opens. So what are you doing?
1: Yeah. I, and look, like Atlanta is, we talked about this a year ago, right? Like they don't know that they're already rebuilding and this is the result, right? Like you have a year like this. You might have two years like this. Like it's really, really ugly if you don't have a plan to rebuild and the rest of the world knows you're rebuilding. Like, wait, wait, wait. They signed Casey Hayward this off season. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I just realized this. I just realized this, right? sorry, Casey Hayward was
0: on the Raiders last year. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, what? I was thinking, wait, what are you doing? Why are you signing 30-year-old corners? What, what's happening here? Look at the players they've signed. Look at what they said. Look at what they signed. Damian Williams, why? Demir Bird, why? Auden Tate, why? Why, why, why? Casey Hayward all the way down the board, <laughs> why, 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 why? All I see is why. I mean, they're turning over their roster. They're letting go of Russell Gage. Fine. They're letting go of Hayden Hurst. Good. Fine. All this. Fine. I'm fine with
1: all this. It's just you need to bring in young players. They should have been heavy on the waivers this year, too. Like, I know the Bears brought in, what was it, like six or seven players all young on waivers? Like, Atlanta, that's what you should be doing. What are you doing? Just throw stuff at the wall. Why aren't they signing Kevin Harris? Throw no stuff at the wall.
0: Why aren't they signing Tyler Beatty? They have the, the least talented running back core in the league, and the Patriots have this embarrassment of riches at running back, and they're shedding top recruit, sleeper, running back, all-purpose yep. skill set, potential studs like Kevin Harris, and you're not insta-scooping them. One of the best satellite, if not the best satellite back available, Tyler Beatty. You're not scooping that guy? You don't even have a guy like that.
1: Yep, they've got Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier. They have Algier and, and Damian Williams. They don't have a satellite back. Nope. What? What?
0: Like, what? This is in, this is pure incompetence. This is a very weird team. I mean, we in our draft kit, we even have the general manager. So it's Terry Fontenot. This is Terry Fontenot. This is a Terry Fontenot problem. It's hard to find a division with worse leadership in the front office than the nfc south it's why you and
1: i don't want to talk about this division it's so gross yeah there's there's not a lot to talk about here outside of tampa and then you know you and i disagree on who team two is so okay i think team two is carolina let's talk about carolina okay i like
0: the moves of carolina why it's it's no secret like those that have listened to this show for more than a year now they know they know what i'm going to say next it's like why even listen right you know what i'm going to say the Carolina Panthers went out and drafted a left tackle. They drafted a left tackle who is a physical freak. I would have gone Evan Neal, but uh, that's fine, right? I don't I don't take chances. I don't shoot for upside in the top ten. I just go with the the chalk pick. But they wanted to shoot for a little bit of upside. Okay, right? It's fine. It's cool, right? Iki Aquanu I, 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 is awesome. You know he's, he's Cody approved, right? So I'm I'm in. I'm in on Aquanu. Great, like awesome. So this helps your entire line. This allows Brady Christensen to move down. Everybody's job gets easier. So I'm a total fan of, of that draft pick. I thought that was awesome. JC Horn last year was a perimeter player in the top 10. I disagreed with it. I thought they should have gone either edge or offensive line, but they didn't, but he's healthy. And I'm looking at our cornerback rankings on our player rankings. We have cornerback rankings and the Carolina Panthers have three corners in the top 50. Cody is all in on J.C. Horn. He saw enough for him last year to put him in the top 10 starting this year. So this team is going to have an improved defense, a potentially vastly improved offensive line, and a potentially vastly improved quarterback, depending on what we get from Baker Mayfield. What is Baker Mayfield with a healthy shoulder and a chip on his shoulder? So he has a healthy, chipped shoulder. So I'm very excited to see what he can be. I'm excited for D.J. Moore. I'm drafting him in the third round with confidence because he's going to have the best quarterback he's ever had. And this is the team that I think is, is the sleeper to finish second. And it's not the craziest thing to imagine them improving to the point where they could actually win this division. I'm looking at Caesars right now. Podfather CSR. Podfather CSR is our new promo code on Caesars and they're plus 1100 to win the division, to win the division. Those are good odds, especially when I tell you the odds of the Saints winning are plus 320, that puts it in context. That's how you know, oh, there's this Carolina Panthers. That's, that is an interesting, long-shot,
1: division-winner future. My thing is I am never, ever, ever, ever putting one hard-earned dollar on Matt Rule and Ben McAdoo. Sorry, it's not happening. <laughs> well, Ben McAdoo's <laughs> underrated. Ben McAdoo w- was was set up to fail in New York. Oh, that's that's also fair, but at the same time, it's like. But Matt Rule is not underrated. Matt Rule is not good. Yeah. Look, look, this team is strange to me for a lot of reasons. Like they upgraded at quarterback, but like how much of an upgrade? You know what I mean? It's not like Baker Mayfield's a top ten quarterback. You're like, oh, okay. Like he dra- dramatically raises the ceiling of this team. He obviously raises the floor because Darnold was god-awful. Like, that, that I don't think any, even the biggest Baker Mayfield haters on planet Earth don't think he's Sam Darnold better. No, he's he's vastly better. Definitely better than Sam Darnold. My question is, is that enough to move the needle? Like, I mean, obviously we love DJ Moore, McCaffrey's back. Uh, like, th- there's there are a lot of like, interesting things about Carolina this year.
0: And LaVisca Chenault in the slot? Visca is an interesting piece. Visca in this Visca and maybe a Quarterall Patterson role? It's very interesting. Oh, very interesting. I love how the Carolina Panthers are picking off all these <laughs> jaguars, these premium draft capital jaguars. CJ Henderson, if they get any Cody thinks they're going to get a lot out of CJ Henderson this year. He thinks that was he thinks that was a great trade and that the Jaguars cut the cord too early and they could potentially resuscitate him that he has him in their, in our top 50 corners. That's part of the reason. If they can just rise up and have a top 10 defense and stop opposing offenses from scoring, give Baker Mayfield a chance behind an upgraded offensive line with great weapons to... Score some points and win some twenty to seventeen games. I'm looking at their schedule. They have the Browns at home against Jacoby Brissett. I like Carolina. Then they get the Giants. Then they get the Saints. Then they get Arizona. They have four of their first five games at home. Thank you to the schedule makers. You want that momentum. You don't want to be demoralized like Atlanta early in the season.
1: They could start four and one. I I don't see four and one happening. But I mean, look, their their one road game is against the Giants. They're their defense is much better than I think people realize because it was built over time. And, like, they've acquired pieces at different points of this rebuild that they've been, you know, on for God feels like forever.
0: It's not a rebuild. They're not rebuilding. They're in purgatory. I understand they're in purgatory. It's true that they're in purgatory. Yeah. And and I also get it. I don't know if I would be able to tear this team down. The defense is too good. The offensive line was good enough and has been upgraded. They did they made the right move in the top 10 going with offensive line, going with a, an anchor tackle, a cornerstone asset at the point of attack. They got value on Baker Mayfield off the scrap heap, and yep. they got him because of politics, because he overstayed his welcome. And the Cleveland Browns were sick of the, woo, yeah! You know, hooping and hollering and slapping guys on the ass. And, and so the, he, he finally graded on enough nerves in Cleveland that they needed to give him a fresh start. So, anytime you can give a reboot to a number one overall pick, the last time a team did that was a team that we think has the maybe the best front office in the sport in Detroit with Jared Goff. So, it's very possible. It's very possible we have a Jared Goff like resurgence for Baker Mayfield. I am bullish on the Carolina Panthers. I'll go as far as saying I'm very
1: bullish. I'm much more bullish on the defense than I am the offense. And the the reason that I'm much more bullish on the defense is I think that they've identified really good values in the draft and the way that they've built this defense. Brian Burns, Etor Gross Matos is a much better edge combination than anybody's going to give him credit for. No, it's a good overall defense. Every Every position group has playmakers. Because, like, the thing is, like, a, a lot of people are just like, oh, Carolina's boring. We're not going to watch Carolina. Like, but if you watch these guys, like, Derek Brown, Brian Burns, Etor Gross Matos is a really good defensive line. Like, that's—I'm not saying that they're what w- Washington was a year ago, but, like, they're a really good defensive line for what they are. And they have a good secondary. And then J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, Xavier Woods, Jeremy Chin. Like, that is—at at very least, that's above average. Oh, yeah. And they have depth. And there's depth there because they gave up basically nothing for Henderson. <laughs> yeah, they, have, they 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 have like, some real badasses yeah. in their secondary. Look, like the thing, that, the question that I have is, can they create enough short fields to make Carolina's offense's life easy? Yes, because there will be the bonehead Baker Mayfield interceptions. You know that's coming.
0: Okay, can we just give him the benefit of the doubt? He's the number one overall pick. He's one of the most efficient quarterbacks of all time. He's been dealing with some some truly devastating injuries to I don't know his shoulder. Okay, that 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 it's helpful for a quarterback to have a throwing shoulder that works. And I just want to see what Baker Mayfield looks like without Jarvis Landry in the wide receiver one
1: chair. Yeah, but buddy, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are not back there. If McCaffrey goes down for any length of time, good luck. Like it's gonna be Nick. It's gonna be the
0: the Chuba Hubbard show. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with that. Uh, what we can't have is a, is a DJ Moore injury. That's the key. We cannot have a DJ. But that then then that wide receiver core becomes very challenging. I also want to mention we have to mention that Terrace Marshall is essentially explosive. Nikhil Harry. And he's going to be flushed out of the league faster than Nikhil Harry. If they're already trading for LaVisca Chenault and slotting him in and pushing Marshall down the board, right? Now, what is he, the, the their fifth receiver? Because Shy Smith has overtaken him as well. Yep. Shy Smith is a quality possession receiver. And now you can play Robbie Anderson in that, that traditional field-stretching role where he doesn't really command a high target share. He doesn't deserve a high target share. But he can create more room underneath for McCaffrey, for Moore, for Chenault. Chenault going to the Panthers was absolutely chef's kiss perfect in terms of the right skill position for the right team to get him out of there because they had all these slot receivers. They had a log jam of slot receivers in Jacksonville. Send him to a place that needed a, an explosive slot receiver. And now, if you're a defensive coordinator trying to stop this Panthers team, you're like, whoa, this is a challenge. This is a challenge. we got to bring our linebackers up to stop Chenault and McCaffrey, but then we're exposed
1: to Moore and Anderson. This is, this is tricky. Look, the, the, my biggest problem with anticipating that Baker Mayfield is going to re- lead this revival in Carolina is he was at his best when it was run, 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 play, action, pass. And so my concern, obviously being in Carolina, is how much is he actually going to try to do Right, like if he if he plays within what they tell him to play within, this team will be better than I think people think. If he doesn't, things are going to go south really quickly. So like this, what you're betting on essentially is that they've surrounded Baker Mayfield with pieces to make him successful, and not that he will make everybody else better.
0: Well, that's right. He doesn't he doesn't need to be fueling Christian McCaffrey or DJ Moore's efficiency. And I don't think he will. They're going to carry him. Don't worry, Anand. They're going to carry him. And the beauty for fantasy is it's, it's super consolidated now. They've come to Jesus on Robbie Anderson. They know what he is, a one-dimensional field stretcher. They've taken Laviska Chenault off the scrap heap. They're not going to feed him volume targets. That's not in the plans. It's just going to be consolidated around Moore and McCaffrey, Moore and McCaffrey, Moore and McCaffrey. And those two players are pretty unstoppable. So I'm I, I, with this offensive line. If this offensive line can make a leap, especially in the second half, once Iquanu gets acclimated, six and a half is the win total on Caesars for the Carolina Panthers, and it's plus one hundred to take the over. There are other books that have it at six, and I would not bet it at six and a half. I would go look for it at six and go over.
1: Because I think worst case scenario is they win what, five, six games. Yeah, and I mean like look, if you if you miss out on a future by one game for a team that has a six win total, call it what it is. You know what I mean? Like there there's obviously if they've improved as much as you think they've improved, there's a chance for them to get to seven or eight wins. No. And what do you mean I think they've improved? You don't think Iki Equanu's good? You don't
0: think JC Horn's good? He's a healthy JC Horn. This isn't my opinion, Anand. You need to wake up. You need to, there's some underlying bias. I think, I think what this is, I think what this is, now 99% of the time we sit here, we have a conversation and I agree with you and or I know where you're coming from and I can see the rationale. This is a rare case where I believe that there is some underlying bias. I think it's a, a, a complete and utter dismissal of Matt Rule I think that you despise him for some reason. There's something there. There's some underlying bias where you hate Matt Rule, and that is clouding your judgment. I'm just telling you that's. I think that's
1: what's happening. You got to be careful. I just I don't see like the thing is when you have to look at these these lines that they set. Right? They're obviously also looking for winnable games. They're looking for games that could be stolen. They're looking at how good your, good your division is. Like Seattle, Pittsburgh. What are we talking about? Two games against Atlanta.
0: The Giants? The Jacoby Brissett-led Browns at home? There's a ton of stealable games on here. A
1: ton! You think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are worse than the Carolina
0: Panthers? Yes, because I break down the position groups before these shows. And I, I go position group by position group. Okay, the secondary, the linebackers, the edge rushers, the wide receivers, the quarterback, the offensive line. And when you stack them up, the Carolina Panthers are just better, and they're not going to be starting either a rookie quarterback or a, a lesser version of Baker Mayfield and Mitchell Trubisky. So yes, that game they're going to be favored against. Spoiler alert, Anand. Spoiler alert: the <laughs> the, the the Carolina Panthers are going to be favored against Pittsburgh at home in Week 15.
1: See, this is not about me and Carolina. This is about you and Pittsburgh and your up forever against the Steelers. What? Dude. It's, Come okay, on. Look. No way. Six, six, They have them set at six wins. Matt, you're talking about them as a sleeper to win the division.
0: I just think it's good value. <laughs> I think it's good. If you're dabbling in the futures markets on long shot division winners – and I had to pick my top three long shot division winners, Carolina's on that list. That's all I'm saying. It ain't the Saints. Because we gotta look at the Saints. The Saints are overrated, just like the Carolina Panthers are underrated. So that to me is where you can you can you can have the arbitrage where the Saints at seven and a half, I go under, and then I go over on the Panthers. If they both win seven games, I win both bets. Hell yeah.
1: The th- New Orleans is is so strange because you've had for so long it was Peyton and it was Breeze, right? And then last year we got to see what life without Breeze was like, but they still had Peyton. So what does life without both of them look like? I have no idea. What does you- life without Teron Armstead look like? That's also a very fair question. These are the questions I like to ask. New Orleans to me has one of the widest range of outcomes you think Tyron Matthew is gonna fix it? No. You think he's no. the answer? No. 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 When you
0: see some of these signings, this reeks of desperation. It reeks of desperation where the Carolina Panthers, you understand they're in a situation where they're too good to tank and they're doing their best, and I respect them for it. The Atlanta Falcons are gonna tank by accident. And so they're going to get from point A to point B in in a a super inefficient way, but they're going to get from point A to point B. The tragedy of the Saints is they need to be tearing this down and blowing it up, but they're going to be just good enough with the Cameron Jordans and the Alvin Kamaras and now the Chris Olaves that they are going to win about seven games. Like,
1: look, they have to start Daniel Sorensen, and that scares the fuck out of me.
0: (laughs) Their secondary is bad. The look, look at the draft kit. We have Sorensen as their third safety because they, they're in such a, a bind that they're starting essentially a third-string safety. That's that's the beauty of the draft kit is
1: we show you where these guys are on the depth chart, and it's terrifying. I mean, look, Matthew Tyron Matthews is going to have to play the role that Jalen Ramsey plays for the Rams, and I do not know that he has the physicality to do that because, look... When you have to match up against the dudes that they're gonna like, they're gonna have to put Tyron Matthew on Kyle Pitts. Godspeed, kids. Good luck with that. <laughs> I do not think that's gonna go the way that they think that's gonna go. Um, the offense is fun. Don't get me wrong. Like there are a lot of fun pieces on the offense, and if you look at it that way, you know, with let's say that Thomas comes back healthy, which obviously is is a leap. He he's not healthy now. He he has a he has a hamstring injury. Right. And then Olave does what he does, Landry is any percentage of the guy that he was early Landry.
0: Landry, the, the presence of Jarvis Landry is even more reason to fade this team. Look at their offensive line, dude. This is a real problem. This is a real problem. They lost the one guy, the one hope, right, that they had was Trevor Penning with Master Stroke pick to go up and get Trevor Penning. I mean, I loved it, right? Great awesome right to to leave this draft with penning and olave now they had to give up future picks which i would not have done that's always a bad idea but at least with the picks they traded for they used them wisely they used them on a on an underrated you know potential anchor offensive lineman, who has subsequently torn a ligament in his foot and is out indefinitely. That's not great. When that injury comes in, you need to act. You need to jump on the under when these injuries happen because just like the presence of Aquanu shifts everyone in a positive way in Carolina, losing penning shifts everybody in a negative way. Now everyone's job got harder. Ryan Ramzick is not enough. Just Ryan Ramzick is not enough.
1: And Ruiz is gonna is gonna be one year more in, but look like their guards are tough. Uh, you can, the guards that they're gonna be starting are not what you want when you have Jameis Winston and Camara and Olave and look like this team is just weird, man. I for Carolina and, and New Orleans to me, you have very defined positions on. To me, I think that they're two of the more intriguing teams in the league, but not. In like a oh they could make a run kind of way, no. Just basically in a in a who's going to be second and flattened least by Tampa kind of way, in this division.
0: Well, I mean, I I do like DJ Moore because I believe that the offense is going to be significantly better, and yeah. Aquano is a big part of that. I also believe that because Chris Olave can operate in all quadrants and, and he can run shallower routes, you know, with precision. That that is going to help him if Jameis Winston doesn't have time to throw. I think that this team is going to be losing more than they're winning. They're going to be throwing. That's going to propel Jameis Winston's fantasy production and Chris Olave's. And I don't trust anyone else. I don't trust anyone. The only other player I have of any kind of quantity from this offense is Adam Troutman. Because Adam Troutman was a monster producer in college. He has athleticism that is similar to Dallas Goddard. He is back from his concussion. That was unfortunate. You know, they they got to wear more of those those padded helmets more often, I guess. Yep. Uh, but he is a quality player. He is good at football. So they have some players that are young that are good at football on offense, and those are the players I'm focused on: Troutman, Moren, Dynasty, Olave, everywhere. Absolutely, I want Olave. He, he is really the last wide receiver in seasonal league drafts that I'm super interested in. Once he's off the board, I lose a lot of interest in the wide receiver position. There's nothing else to say. is going to be Kamara if he's out there. Well, they went out and they brought back Mark Ingram. And so when you see these teams, like Atlanta bringing in Damian Williams, like the Saints bringing back Mark Ingram, it's so infuriating because you have a chance to hit on a young running back and then you're crowding them out with these players that aren't helping you win games and they're not helping you build for the future. It's, it's truly, truly infuriating. But this is why we hate this division. Yeah. This is if I had to boil it down to two names, the reasons why we hate this division are: you have teams that should be rebuilding that don't know they need to be rebuilding, or are rebuilding by accident that are signing
1: Damian Williams and Mark Ingram, and they're chasing Tom Brady's Buccaneers. By the way, that's my favorite part about this. Like, if you think adding RB twos is going to help you chase down, you know. What they've got going on in Tampa, I don't know what to tell
0: you. Uh, What they got going on in Tampa is a lesser team than they had last year. I agree. So they won 13 games last year. Their win total now is 11.5. I'm going under. I'm going under as well. Why are we going under? Injuries to the offensive line. See, it doesn't have to be hard, right? Injuries to the offensive line are not accounted for enough in the betting markets. They're just not so we exploit that right yeah like you talk to people all the time that are in the betting markets right and you remind them about these injuries on offense especially to the offensive line like hey what is going to happen in real life think about the actual game and how it's going to play out what kills drives when a left tackle gets beat and there's a sack on third down drive over punt Mm-hmm. And why did that happen? Because Trevor Penning was out. That's why that happened. And so when you actually play it out and you, you actually simulate the games, even in your mind, you simulate the games You're like, OK, what's going to happen? So now you think about the Buccaneers. They've lost their entire interior offensive line. What's going to happen? There's going to be pressure up the middle. They're going to so- be in Brady's face. And there's going to be incompletions, and there's going to be stalled drives, and there's going to be less points scored than we would like to see. In fact, I'm looking at our draft kit right now in terms of team total fantasy points. We have total fantasy points scored by the Buccaneers. I think it's too high. I don't think they're going to be able to sustain enough drives.
1: Look, the losses for this team are not insignificant. Kappa and Marpet both leaving, Right. Then you've got multiple injuries at center. Jensen's done maybe for the year. Backup center, potentially done for the year. What does Brady hate more than anything in the world? Interior pressure. Now, they did bring in Shaq Mason. Good for them. Which is good. That's right. I'm looking at the draft kit right now. Players added,
0: lost. Shaq Mason added. But there's a hell of a lot more players lost. Remember, they also lost one of their best blockers, who's not actually an offensive lineman his name was uh, Rob Gronkowski.
1: Yeah. And I don't think he's coming back. Like, no. People, people have argued about it back and forth. Maybe he joins them for a stretch run, but that's not going to help you in October. What about the defense?
0: Jason Pierre Paul, gone. And Dominic gone. Gone, gone, gone. I'm looking at gone, gone, gone. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. I think that this division is going to lose a lot more games than they win. Yeah. And this is why the Carolina Panthers, to win the division, is sneaky. It's sneaky. It's a long shot. It's likely not going to happen. But there's value there because this team could implode. Just because you have Tom Brady, it's not a guarantee that you're going to have a winning record. There are good quarterbacks. Look at Russell Wilson last year. There are good quarterbacks that find themselves surrounded by below-average players in the most
1: position groups... And they just can't win games they're desperately gonna they, they need and this is the weirdest part i can't believe we're saying this in 2022 they need julio jones to be julio jones he has to be that guy again because they can't wait for godwin to come
0: back like godwin not 100 percent mike right. evans hamstring injury julio jones a hamstring injury about to happen any moment now right Russell Gage, undisclosed injury. Tyler Johnson cut. Which I didn't get that. That
1: was was weird to me.
0: Well, he's a possession receiver, and they needed Jalen Darden for special teams. Fair. That's what happened. That's the numbers game. I understand why that happens. It's fine. What's going to save Tampa is that they are in this division. Yep. Right. They are going to win when they go to Atlanta. They're going to beat the Saints, and they're probably going to beat the Carolina Panthers. I think they're going to split with Carolina, but because the Saints are going to be worse than expected and the Falcons will be atrocious, that is going to help them. They also play the Steelers, so one of their road games is at Pittsburgh. They're going to win that game. They have Seattle in London, so their their London game, which is all, always has the possibility for random events and outcomes. There's no way they lose that game, so. You look at their schedule, you're like, okay, there's a lot of games they're going to win on here. They're going to make the playoffs, they're going to be fine, but it's challenging to start on the road at Dallas and then at New Orleans, and then you've got the Packers and the Chiefs. They could begin the season one and three. I Look, like
1: this schedule, if we just run through it, is very strange to me because a lot of their toughest games are at home, but their road games aren't a complete joke. So they start at Dallas, at New Orleans. Right. Well, they did get unlucky also later in the in
0: the schedule. They got unlucky because they faced the Browns with Deshaun Watson. They played
1: at Cleveland with Watson, which is gonna be his home debut, I believe. Um they've got the Rams at home, which, you know, historically has been a problem for them. Like Baltimore comes there, with a weird team to prepare for. At Cleveland, at the Niners, at Arizona, Cincinnati at home. Like
0: see they face Arizona with DeAndre Hopkins, it's, it's a very unfortunate schedule.
1: Oh, it's a horribly unfortunate schedule
0: that they, they have to face, they have to face Arizona with Hopkins. they have to face Cleveland with Watson, and both of those are road games. so they're going to lose a bunch of home games and they're yep. going to have all these challenging road games and they're going to just have they're going to have to hold serve when they go at Carolina. I think that's a losable game for them. They're gonna go at Pittsburgh. Fine. We talked about Seattle. They're def- they're gonna win some games, but yes, they're gonna win ten games. Their home schedule. Let's just go through just their home, just real quick. Oh home, my god. Their home games. Okay. If you're a season ticket holder, by the way, what a treat this is. What a treat. What a treat. Like you said, I mean, imagine you're a season ticket holder. You're looking at this. Ready? Season ticket holder. Ready for this? Green Bay, Kansas City, Atlanta, Baltimore, Los Angeles Rams. Seattle, London doesn't count, New Orleans, Cincinnati,
1: Carolina. That's probably the greatest home slate schedule I've ever seen. Like in terms of being a fan. Burrow, Mahomes, <laughs> Rogers,
0: Lamar, Stafford. <laughs> you get to
1: see all of them. And then and then you get and then you get to you get to welcome back Jameis Winston. You get to welcome Jameis back. You get I mean, the uh, the fighting baker mayfields in yeah. carolina like this is a really fun home schedule it's just they're going to win ten, they're going to find a way to win 10 games yes. i do not think they find a way to win 12 games so i'm with you on the under yeah. 11 and a half yeah 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 10 and 7 this is a this is the this is a 10 and 7 17 and a 10 and 7 schedule all day yeah and like look the the nfc is open not because there are teams that are ascending in great but because there are a lot of there's a lot of talent that's left the NFC for the AFC in recent years. And so when you look at it that way, right? Tampa's going to have a shot to come out of the NFC as the team that represents the NFC in the Super Bowl because the conference is relatively weak, not because they're strong. They're not going to the Super Bowl. Who how, how many teams do you think are better? Well, they are favored. They're favored in the books.
0: I'm looking at Caesars, they're they're only plus 750. I mean that I, Yeah. Is right? there any way that you can, you can bet against a particular... <laughs> Take
1: everybody else? The field?
0: I mean, I can't, no, you can't.
1: <laughs> Request a line on the field? I, I,
0: I mean, the Rams, I, I don't understand why the Rams who beat them last year and the Rams have been at least maintained their level of talent across their positions in a way the Buccaneers have not. So I don't know why the, those odds aren't flipped. Yeah. I think the Rams are more likely to go to the Super Bowl than the Buccaneers, don't you? Yeah. So I don't understand those odds. I think the 49ers are a candidate. And then the Eagles and the Eagles. The sleeper in this conference
1: I like it. Is Philadelphia. That is the sleeper. That's it. The Phil the Eagles and the Chargers are the teams where we're like, okay, building, building, building. Let's see it. I wish I could take a, a, a parlay
0: that is – well maybe you can. Can you do these? Is this possible? This may be showing my ignorance. Can I sh- – can I can – I- You can choose an exact final. Yes, you can. Right. Well, what about this? What about a bet that the Eagles have more wins than the Buccaneers? Uh, I'm not
1: sure if you can do that. Is that that's, – that's the type of bet I'm, I'm thinking about. I mean, I'm not sure that you can, but I'm sure someone could get you a line on it. Head to head. Like, I, w- I think that would be a cool
0: futures product yeah. for Sportsbook. Is a head- and like, you could get incredible odds on that. Yeah. Like, the books would give you incredible odds if you took Eagles over Buccaneers for total wins.
1: Yeah. And I mean, look, like, there are alternate lines that you can request, ask for, find on certain teams, right? Like, the Eagles right now, what are they, nine and a half? Nine, nine and a half, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's too low. If you take t- over 10.5, I'm sure that's plus money. Like, uh, there's probably a pretty healthy premium on over 10.5. And if you were bold enough to go over 11.5, I'm sure that's in the plus 200 ish range.
0: When a team is facing this kind of headwind, what ends up happening in fantasy football is I don't have their frontline players. I have a lot of Rashad White and a lot of Russell Gage because. I'm not confident this team is going to exceed its expectations. When I look at these team projections on the draft kit, I tend to believe that they're a little bullish and that the the, the environment that this team is finding itself in and the surrounding circumstances, especially with the offensive line getting you know absolutely demolished and crumbling around Tom Brady, I get nervous to spend up on a Leonard Fournette, to spend up on a Mike Evans, to spend up on a Tom Brady, and I just I just don't do it. I'm like, why would I draft Tom Brady when I can have Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr? I'm not doing that, right? If you look at my portfolio of players, you'll just see heavy wide receiver three and backup running back. That is classic team that I think is going to go score a lot of points, but they're going to miss expectations. Right. Whereas the teams that I'm confident are going to meet and exceed expectations of their offense. Vikings are a perfect example where I think the Vikings are going to score more points this year than the Buccaneers. That's why I'm totally in on Jefferson and I like Dalvin cook and I like cousins and I like pretty much everyone in that offense, including KJ Osborne, except pretty much, I mean, Adam Thielen would be the only one, but that's only because his age archetype, the, position he plays the type of football he plays and his age indicates that he's likely to take a step back this year and or get injured so the probability that adam thielen misses expectations this year for reasons outside the offense are too high to justify drafting him there when i can have elijah Moore, oh, agreed someone with more upside or i think a more stable asset someone like Uh, Amari Cooper, yeah, uh, or just shoot for pure upside like like a Chris Olave. That's the direction I'm going to go instead. But that's a great example where with the Vikings I have frontline players. I have Cook. I have Jefferson. I have Cousins. I have a lot more than I have any Fournette,
1: Evans, or Brady. I like Evans this year, just as if you based on where he's going, just as a consistent. Especially if you can get him, if you're going, you know, have RB builds or whatever the case. It's process of elimination. If if you take a running back in
0: round one, yeah, oftentimes Mike Evans is by far and away the best option for you at the end of round two. So you just push the button on principle because the guy has put together 7,583
1: consecutive thousand yard seasons. Right. And look like you're drafting floor over ceiling there, which is fine. You know, it just depends on your build and what you're doing and how you're going about it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, that's true. That's a wow. That's a great point. I do have some Mike
0: Evans, but it's because of where I was drafting and a lack of better options at wide receiver at the end of the second round. It wasn't because I was out here seeking Mike Evans.
1: Right. Mike Evans is not your your classic target. Right. You're not you're not over the moon about Mike Evans where you get him, but If you start off with, you know, early first round pick and he's there at the end of the second as the best option before you have the RB drop off and, you know, you get into a tier of wide receivers that really need to go in round three or four, I'm fine with taking him. It's just the thing is like he's never going to be this, like, weak winner or, you know, crazy upside player that you want him to be that most of the receivers that go in front of him are.
0: Well, no, he can be because he can score three
1: touchdowns. That's fair. The three touchdown games that he had.
0: No, 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 no. The, the three touchdown game is out there for Mike Evans, so there's spike weeks there. I'm not... I'm not going to say that he's not a good best ball play. He's absolutely a great best ball play. He has a spike week specialist, but more on touchdowns than on yards now. That's that's how he's changed his game. So he used to score a lot of his fantasy points with air yards, right? He, he could put up 1,500 yards. Yep. That's not his game anymore. Now it's more he's going to put up 15 touchdowns.
1: Right. And he's like What Mike Evans does, he's so good at. They... they Nobody has been able to figure out how to stop that man in the red zone in the past few years. Right. And
0: now there's no Gronk. So there's even more likely that he hogs the red zone targets.
1: Right. Like, look, like as much as we talk about target concentration and, you know, this team might be one of those. Right. Like when we talk about Tampa, you don't typically think about it as a very concentrated target share because it is just Evans and Godwin, whoever they throw out there, tight end, running back, whatever. Brady will throw to whoever's open. We know that. But given the injuries that they have at important positions and with Gronk now gone, Evans may demand a target share, especially early in the year. Oh, Evans is going to be one
0: of the most heavily played DFS wide receivers in the first couple weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the shootouts that they're scheduled to have oh, when man. they're playing the Rams and they're playing the Bengals and Chris Godwin is not playing. Yep, it's, it's going to mean It's going to be huge ownership percentage
1: yep there will be a Julio Jones week on
0: Mike Evans and, and all very justified very very justified uh, but yeah it's 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 the Julio Jones signing made it more difficult to justify drafting buccaneers wide receivers in seasonal yeah. leagues and in general we are going to look back in a couple months we're going to look back at this and we're going to say yeah we should have seen Brady would be human. He's 45 years old. The offensive line went from well above average to average or below average. And the storyline is all these stalled drives and their inability to score points. And that's just a storyline that you need to be prepared for this year.
1: Yeah, look, I think the only reason the very singular reason. So when we look at all these over underlines that are set by books, they attach a lot more stickiness to the regular season in terms of 17, 18 weeks of consistent results over a year than they do to a playoff run. Now, obviously we love the narrative of, okay, this team went on a run in the playoffs. The Bengals were the four seed, the Rams were the four seed, right? But sometimes it takes them longer to acknowledge what's going on here. The Bengals, the Bengals, made a playoff run and then attacked the worst part of their roster. Tampa didn't make a playoff run as essentially the de facto one seed, two seed when green Bay got knocked out. Right. And they were unable to come up with a winning formula against the Rams. And then they lost the entire interior of their offensive line and the entire interior of their defensive line. Right. Like these are obvious, very simple keys to understanding why, the fact that Matt and I are going to give them ten wins is a testament to how much we still believe in Tom Brady.
0: Yeah. So when you look up in their line, the total wins prop on Caesars is eleven and a half. That is way too high. It's just there. There is a lack of information that has been baked in to that 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 prop. So yeah, uh, the Buccaneers we're going under under eleven and a half. Saints, I'm going under. Falcons, I'm going under. And if you're going to go under three teams, you got to go over one team. And the team that's going to exceed expectations in this division is the Carolina Panthers.
1: um the south is stupid i hate this division i hate everything about this the division. nfc south yeah it's just it's a nightmare to try and figure out what the fuck's gonna happen here i mean it's gonna be tampa obviously but like that's by default not because i think they're any better than you know they're not i don't think they're better than they were last year it's just nobody else got better enough if that makes sense yeah i mean it's possible Carolina does
0: something with Baker and an upgrade there. And Ikiakuanu is good. But Ike had had injuries and was struggling uh, throughout camp.
1: My concern for Carolina by far is... Their defense is pretty good. Their defense is pretty good. And the offense looks like it could be competent. It's just like there's nothing that gets you super excited about their ability to beat like a... New Orleans right like that you've seen do it before over and over and over again granted it's now Allen instead of Peyton and there's a bunch of other stuff going on there but like we've seen New Orleans threaten Tampa Carolina has done no such thing so like is Baker Mayfield over Darnold enough of an upgrade that now Carolina is a threat I don't think so they're just they're more interesting no doubt like absolutely no question they're more interesting but what is the status of Aquanu? I gotta see what his deal is. Yeah, find out real quick. Because he's he was the he was the he was the physical
0: freak of the of the lineman. Yeah, Iki Iguanu.
1: Just Google him. Let's see what they say. Let's see what Google says. Who finished last in this division last year? Carolina or was it Atlanta?
0: Uh, let's see where 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 were they picking?
1: Carolina was picking early. Yeah, Atlanta finished seven and ten last year. Yeah, how? I don't know. Who the fuck did they beat? The team was terrible.
0: So Matt Rule says Iki Aquanu has to battle for a starting spot.
1: Dude, this Matt Rule experiment needs to end today. He's battling Brady Christensen. Which should never, ever happen.
0: Um. Yeah, well, they chose not to go with one of these more established guys. They chose not to go with Evan Neal. They chose to swing for the upside, and the last time someone swung for upside when there was a clear and present—I know where you're going—anchor tackle available was the Jets, Makai Becton. With Mackay Becton, they they could have had Tristan Wirfs. They decided, no, 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 we're going to swing for the fences. You don't need to. You don't need to swing for the fences. It's like <laughs> his Tristan Wirfs is is super athletic. He could jump out of a swimming pool. You don't need those extra twenty pounds. In fact, those extra 20 pounds could lead
1: to a knee injury, which could send a guy out of the league. There is a Buckeye that someone's going to fall in love with this year. And I don't know if he'll go first round, but he's a whole planet. Yeah. He's a playwright tackle. He's 6'8", 365 is what they list him at. I don't want
0: to mess around with those guys.
1: They're just the physical specimens.
0: I understand. like The Jordan Davises, like I understand the fascination. It's just... With that kind of draft capital, you're risking a lot on, you know, motivation and strength and conditioning. Ugh. Davis to me is a unique animal, though.
1: Mm. Like, like that's like a that's one of those one off. Like, if you can move like that at that size,
0: yeah. If you have yeah. multiple picks, take him. Yeah. Right. If you're the Eagles, you have multiple picks. Sure. Great, oh, but it, if it's great. if it's your one pick so and well. you you cannot miss, like if you are uh, poised to be a competitor, right? If you're the Chargers last year, like yeah. you have to take Rashawn Slater and just be very happy he fell to you. Yeah, you cannot fuck around. They do a really good job, actually. Telesco does a great job of just taking whatever's there. Yeah, just take what take what's there. Like all the way back to uh, they did that also with a uh, with their safety, Derwin James. Yeah, they took Derwin James like pick twenty. And he was supposed to go top 10.
1: Yeah, it's literally just there. If you want to be great, there are two ways to do it. There's the the Howie Roseman approach, which is we're going to fire threes all day and see what hits and what doesn't. And as soon as they don't, we're shipping them out for whatever we can get for them. The opposite approach is Telesco's, where it's just, hey, when everybody else is shooting threes, we're just going to shoot layups. And I mean, look, like the Chargers and the Eagles are probably two of the top five rosters in the league right now. I mean, especially, like, Gardner-Johnson solved a major need for the Eagles. That team is stacked. Like, their windows open a little earlier than I thought it'd be, honestly. Like, I really thought it was going to be next year, but... So, apparently, Kwanu mo- was getting most of
0: the, the, the reps at left tackle in uh, preseason with the ones. So, he, he, he he's won the job. They didn't have anyone else. Th- that's a big deal. That's a big de- they? This is interesting. Like, I'm not writing off the Panthers... I'm not because they they upgraded left tackle and they upgraded quarterback.
1: I just don't know. Like when the rest of your division is Atlanta's rebuilding. We know that. They're going to be terrible. Uh, New Orleans chose not to rebuild. Correct. Which they're to me, they're the most like they're one of the teams with the widest range of outcomes. Like if Olave smashes, Thomas stays healthy, Landry adds a third element. Kamara is not suspended, which we don't think he will be. That's a really good offense and we know what their defense is. Like mm. but also your quarterback is Jameis Winston. He could give five games away that you should win. Mm-hmm. Thomas could be hurt again. Olave could be seventy to eighty percent of what he can be year one. Landry could be, you know, continuing to fall apart the way that he was in Cleveland last year, and suddenly you see this team, you know, drafting in the top twelve fifteen again. Like there's so much that could happen with this New Orleans team. But that being said, I think they're better than Carolina.
0: Man. Yeah. If they could get something out of CJ Henderson, they've been trading for guys that were washed out Jaguars. CJ Henderson and LaVisca Chennault. I don't know why they're doing this. Dante Jackson, didn't he come on last year? Yeah, he was good. He was pretty good near the end of the year. So Dante Jackson and if, if JC Horn uh, can 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 also uh JC Horn yeah. we
1: have him as a top ten corner. Yeah, I mean, dude, look, like, that, that defense has some dudes with Burns and Jeremy Chin. They've got some guys. Like, Carolina's defense is not concerning. No, that's, what's, that's what makes it very interesting. To me, they're not, like, uh... uh Dante
0: Jackson, we have them with, essentially, three top 50 corners. I don't disagree. I mean, this is, very, this is, this is an interesting team. This is not a team to just look past. This is not a team I'm looking past. Whenever someone upgrades those two positions and their defense is is getting incrementally better, I'm interested. And we know we like their skill position players. And the thing is, the Vegas has moved the odds. They have uh is it under six and a half on on Caesars. It's under six in other places. If you can get it under six, if you can get the, their total wins at six, I would take the over on that. They're gonna win at least. I mean, they would have to win five games for them to lose that. I mean, come on!
1: I, I think they could absolutely
0: win. The, the two games against—I mean, I, I got to look at the schedule, but uh, I got to pull up the—I got to pull up the, the the draft kit.
1: That's what I'm doing right now. Browns at Giants, Saints, Cardinals, Niners. Ran. Ooh, wow, that's rough. That week three to six is rough. Tampa at Atlanta, at Cincinnati, Atlanta, Baltimore, Denver, at Seattle, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Tampa at New Orleans. This is a brutal schedule. Yeah,
0: this is tough. This is real tough. You got. Thankfully, they've got the Browns at home, and we talked about this when we talked when we covered the Browns. Like going to Carolina, that's not that's you know with Jacoby Brissett, that's a, that's a coin flip game, at the Giants. Yep, I don't think they win week three through six. They got those two Carolina, they got those two Atlanta games, and yep. they've got they're, then they're at Seattle, and they've got Pittsburgh, and they've got Detroit at
1: home. They've got a nice little stretch there at the end of the year. See, find it like you can find six wins if you convince yourself that they're going to like let's say they split Atlanta they're going to get it they're going to get Arizona
0: without DeAndre Hopkins that's a winnable game that's a that's a home game
1: that's very winnable Browns would say they've got a 50-50 shot at Giants I think is a win maybe we'll see we'll see split with the Falcons that's two and then essentially you're banking on that they steal one and go on a mini run 14 to 16. They're going to they could steal a game. Like they could steal like
0: 49ers at home, they could steal that game. Uh they could steal at
1: Saints, they could steal that. Early seasons also weird. Like I don't think people talk about that enough. Like last year I was at that game where the Bengals beat or the Bengals lost to the Bears at home. Yeah. Like Right, like the Bengals lost to the Bears at Soldier Field. I'm like, this is what a weird ass game this is. Like,
0: yeah, they could they could conceivably start four and zero. This team could start four and zero. They've got four home games in their first five against the Cardinals, the Saints, the Giants, and the Browns with Jacoby Reset. They could start four and zero. They could start. They could start four and one. They could start four and one.
1: I just I just don't see the Arizona and the San Fran games as super winnable for them. They're just not like they're home games. Yeah, but their O lines just aren't built for. What San Fran's going to throw at him, what New Orleans is going to throw at him. I'm at their, i looking at their
0: their line right now. It's not bad. Not bad is not going to deal with Nick Bosa. <laughs> the, when you move a left tackle in Christensen, when you move a left tackle to right tackle, he suddenly is in a much better position. Uh, if, if Aquanu develops, has developed this summer the way we hope, I
1: mean, this is interesting, man. This is an interesting team. I mean, you're looking at like like you're looking at Miles Garrett, Kayvon Thibodeau, Cam Jordan, JJ Watt, and then Nick Bosa. Yeah. Like that is not a walk in the park. Austin Corbett's getting better. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's it's not so much that it's just like, you know, Baker's propensity to have happy feet when the pocket's not clear, you know, with this. I'm interested. I'm interested to see how Baker does with a
0: healthy shoulder. You're higher on this team than I am. I think I'm higher on this team. I'm lower on the Saints than most people and I'm higher on the and then the Pan, on the Panthers than most people.
1: I think I'm higher on the Saints than most people and lower than the Panthers. So I'm also hard.
0: terrified that the Buccaneers defense is getting old, their offensive line is in tatters, and yeah. that Tom Brady doesn't doesn't seem to have his heart in the game anymore, and that they're relying on a bunch of players that either have uh lower body injuries or are about to at the wide receiver core. Yeah. In their skill position, so I'm, um, you know, I I think this I think this is what is Carolina's odds to win the division?
1: Uh, take a snap guess, plus eight fifty, maybe plus nine hundred, something like that.
0: Division winner. Hold on, AFC West.
1: If it's more than ten to one, that might be a little crazy. Plus eleven 1, hundred.
0: Hmm? Plus eleven 1, hundred, just to win the division. Plus eleven 1, hundred. I, I think that this team. And and is a lot is a lot closer to the Saints and, and they have they have the Saints at plus three twenty.
1: Oh, I know you can't talk about this, by the way, because of the affiliation with Caesars, but there are some DraftKings lines that are just hilariously bad. Like No, you can talk about that, sure. Um the correlated markets. So like this is one of I talked to Dalton about this at length, actually. Like one of the best ways to get value on anything is when a play is offered not as a parlay, but like as set odds between correlated markets, but not priced that way. So, like, for example, right now, DraftKings has um, like futures parlays for leading the league in receiving and receiving uh, in passing yards. OK. And so, like, Joe Burrow and Cooper Cup are at like plus nine thousand and mm-hmm. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are at like plus ten thousand which doesn't make any sense because they're correlated markets. One would almost have to happen in order for the other. Same thing with Allen and Diggs. Same thing with Carr and Adams. We should talk about this on the show. Okay. So if you're going to take – if you want to – those parlays, you need to correlate. You must correlate. Because the thing is like you can't take them individually. The book itself will parlay them for you as a futures bet, right, and set a line. Now, if you were to take Burrow outright and Chase outright, it would be like plus – 14,200, somewhere in there, right? Whereas the number that they give you is plus 10,000, but relative to their other markets, that's not correlated enough. Like, if you think that they're, because you're going to offer worse odds on it than what you think the realistic chances of it are. Of and course. in that case, I think it's more likely than 100 to 1. That those two things happen. It's more likely than 190 to one that Allen and Diggs do it. It's more likely than I think it's what 140 to one that Carr and Adams do it. Like
0: Hey, this is why we're gonna be developing an app and the, the focus of that app is to create an awesome user experience that makes people wanna play and want to play more.
1: Yeah. Like the the one of the things that we got. So like we just did a redesign of the app and some people hate it, some people love it. But like you have to consistently innovate in a space like that as more and more and more people realize that it's an option, right? Cause like forever gambling was like this taboo thing that like only happened in the shady underground and or in Vegas, right now it's as simple as downloading an app, getting a promo code and you can literally bet on anything that you want. But the, the, there's a middling market that's being somewhat unoccupied, right? Like there are the guys that are on the app that are still going to Vegas every week, which good for them good for us but you know it's hard to get metrics for that when you're on the app side and trying to figure out what guys doing in vegas vice versa it's just not fully integrated yet for anybody and i think the, the first group that truly gets the a to z integration done where like i can pull up my player and see what he did while well, he was at Porcata and in, in jersey what he did at mgm grand in vegas what he's done on the app and see all of that as like a Customer profile, whoever gets that done first is essentially going to win the war, whether it's Caesars, whether it's MGM, whether it's, uh, you know, there are obviously others Planet Hollywood, which Dalton's hundred to one ticket on Higgins from Hollywood is crazy. That is nuts. What do you get? He has Higgins to, to lead the league in receiving yards. He got it a hundred to one. How do you get that? Planet Hollywood in person. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's awesome. He's got a bunch of 75 to ones. I have a couple of 70 and 65 to ones. Um, Yeah, but I mean, he like that's that's what he does, right? Like people that think legitimately like, oh, like I can beat a book long term. Like Dalton may not beat the book long term, but they're not beating him in terms of the lines that he's getting right. Like the results are what the results are, but he is getting an edge. No question. Yeah. Well, let's let's start the show. Okay. Good stuff. For the most part, they're just going to be a bad team that's bad.
0: (laughs) Why, why, why? Casey Hayward all the way down the board. Why, 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 why? All I see is why. Okay. Right? It's fine. It's cool. Right? What do you mean I think they've improved? You don't think Iki Aquanu's good? You don't think J.C. Horn's good? He's a healthy J.C. Horn?
1: This isn't my opinion, Anand. You need to wake up. See, this is not about me and Carolina. This is about you and Pittsburgh, and your vendetta forever against the Steelers. Burrow,
0: Mahomes, (laughs) Rogers, Lamar, Stafford, (laughs)
1: and the Eagles. How do you get that?